0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another episode of Deus Ex Podcast Innovations Edition. Here we'll bring to you top headlines on innovation news and startups on the rise. In today's headlines, we'll be speaking about some startups such as Threads, um, a startup that enables work conversations, a coterie, a young startup that delivers party kits to your doorstep, CityMapper, transportation app, and then we move on to the bigger ones such as Qualcomm, that's a world leader in 3G and next generation mobile, Volvo, Amazon, and Google. So first, we start with Thread. Thread is a startup that created a user-friendly platform where co-workers can have productive conversations. You know how it goes when you're in a company and someone starts, starts sending an email to 10 people and then each one has their own contribute and then um, the, everyone starts losing track of what's important in the process and the conversation goes from one topic to the other and then We lose the threads. The company Threads was created to avoid this chaos and to make everything clean and easy in terms of online conversation by email or even in terms of meetings, to avoid a lot of meetings in a company that are not productive. So the company raised $10.5 million from Sequoia and the startup was actually formed in 2017. Um, And it's been... Actually, using their own platform to see how it works as a test, and they have seen that the internal meetings have reduced by at least 80%. And they have seen as well an increase in participation in discussion and speed of decision making. The company was founded by Russo Kazi who's the startup CEO, and he co-founded Threads with John McCord, Mark Rich, and Suman Venkatashwami, I hope I'm saying this correctly. So they were all working at Facebook for six years, And they created threads with the mission of becoming more inclusive when it comes to online conversations. So the way thread works is someone starts a thread by being registered as an organization on the platform, and then others that are working on the project or in a specific team, they create a space for themselves within that organization, and then they can start threads within those spaces. When the problem is solved, the conversation comes to a conclusion and someone marks the last comment as the um, conclusion. The thing is, the creators of Threads, they said that they are not trying to compete against the likes of Slack or Workplace or Yammer or teams from Microsoft, but there is no doubt that they are a competitor and uh, Threads is doing something very common to them. They, They are... Clearing up anything that is not productive in terms of email chains um, when there are many parties in the email and also uh, when emails are hard to follow and there are many, often case, very messy to look at. And, and so this is what Slack and, and others, Workplace and Yammer are doing. Uh, just maybe Threads does it in a different way. And so far, there are no integrations of other programs to bring data into threads from other places, but um, there is a Slack integration. You can create an alert on Slack, for instance, to know that someone has updated the thread. And what Kazi, the co-founder, says is that the intention is ultimately to target companies of any size. So good luck for them. So next we have Citymapper. Citymapper is a public transit app and mapping service. They integrate data from all urban modes of transport, from walking, cycling to even driving, with an emphasis on public transport. I know this app because I've been using it in all the trips that I do to big cities. Um, I I use it to look when the bus is coming, how much it would be with the, how much it will cost in terms of going with a bus or going with Uber or. Going cycling um, or or taking a bike, where are the bikes located, and etc. etc. And CityMap is becoming a fintech uh, startup. The company announced a prepaid card called CityMap per Pass for users based in London. This is both a subscription service to aggregate all the transportation subscriptions in one place. In the plastic card to pay for for the rides. This isn't exactly revolutionary for London commuters but it's a start and eventually the startup wants to add more and more transport methods um, from dockless bikes to e-scooters and even other private networks. The card can be compatible with Apple Pay and Google Pay and the great news is that CityMapper lets you pause the subscription whenever you want. There's no long- term commitment, so it's a really great way of them monetizing their service as well. You're going to be able to subscribe to Sitmapper Pass in March or April, so let's go and subscribe to that And now we move on to the startup called Zone Seven. Uh, Zone 7 is a company using data and analytics to identify the potential for injuries with athletes. Zone 7 is in today's news because it raised $2.5 million in seed funding and it's the first company to show injuries uh, can be avoided by using artificial intelligence. So the company monitors athletes' performance to determine when they need to rest uh, to avoid the potential for career-threatening injuries. So this might very well be one of the team's most valuable assets. So teams like um, teams in the MLB, La Liga, Champions League, MLS and Olympic teams are all using the company's technology, and the company has managed to attract investors, including Resolute Ventures, UpWest, Amicus Capital, The Bell, PLG Ventures, and so on. And also athletes, the National Basketball Association star Chris Porzingis. So the technology. So the technology behind Zone 7 is extremely impressive and has the potential to change the landscape of sports forever. This is what Porzingis said, that getting injured is one of the worst experiences for any athlete. So Zone 7 uses a pattern recognition based on an athlete's past performance and medical history to determine what course of action is best for the player. This only to ensure that they don't get hurt So by far, the company says it has achieved 95% of accuracy rate when it comes to predicting injuries and reduced um, the the potential for injuries by 75%. So this is a massive uh, technology because injuries in professional sports cost billions annually. And in the, founded by Talbron and Al Eliakim, two Israelis who served in the military's elite technology division called uh, 8,200, Zone 7's executive team has years of experience working in Salesforce on the development of its Einstein product, and it has professional soccer franchises in Israel. So we move on to our next news. Next news is about a startup that is not, um, in my opinion, techy per se, but it's a fun startup and it's the youngest one we've spoken on this podcast. So you know how organizing parties can be super fun, but at the same time it can be daunting and can be a hassle to put everything together for sometimes, I don't know, 15 guests, sometimes last minute. So Coterie is the name of, name of this startup. And they are nine-month-old New York-based startup and they promise to deliver charming party kits to your doorsteps. So easy. They assemble party kits uh, that are delivered to you and from everything, from birthday party to baby shower to friendversary get-togethers, um, even for company um, parties, um, and they uh, have been on the news today because they raised 2.75 million dollars and they are launching this Monday so you (laughs) hey party time for them so according to their investors which are canon partners and female funders fund um, coterie is building a modern brand that gives consumers a frictionless elevated and more beautiful experience the goal is not to fake perfection of instagram but to blow up the idea that's a such perfection is uh, real. And how does it work? You just go on the site and you um, enter how many people do you expect for this part, if 10 or 50, and then you pick a kit. Uh, the kit can have something from glittery pa- plates, metallic flatware, string lights, gold paper straws, etc., etc. Um, and then, uh, well, and then it, it just gets to you within a specific time frame. So just for you to have an idea, the luxe kit for 50 guests costs around $329 with free shipping. So next time I have a party, I will definitely go on coterie. And up next we have Volvo. Volvo's Polestar 2 will have the first Google Dashboard, that's right. So this Wednesday, Volvo's performance brand debuted its first all-electric car, the Polestar 2, and its Tesla Model 3 competitor. And it's being very well-spoken because not only of its performance, but its the first car to feature Google's native version of Android built for cars. So there was the Polestar 1, Uh, that came out in 2017, but this one is more practical, it has 4 doors and a longer battery range and it has the capability of the Model 3 of Tesla, but is more affordable. So it's part of Volvo's commitment to go electric this year and beyond, whether that means hybrid plugins, or even all electric vehicles coming from the Chinese-owned Swedish car company. So they have an 11-inch dashboard that sits in the center of console. And this is not just an Android Auto system that syncs the Android phone with the car when it's docked. This is an entirely new Google-powered interface built natively into the car. It's a first for Google. So you can see all the Google features like Maps, Calendar, the phone, Media Player, all on the screen. And the apps... Tab opens up the Google Play Store and Google Assistant, and then Google Assistant is the car's voice control system. There is also climate control, which is something a bit different from the usual smartphone and tablet experience with Google. So it's literally a Google tailor-made for car, not a digital device, and it's even customizable. The car tab on the app pulls up drive and functions showing advanced uh, driving features like lane keeping, curve assist and auto braking, blind spot alerts and so on, like warnings about speed limit, police cameras, etc, etc. Again, it's very similar to Tesla with an in-car tablet with its own interface, but this is Google. So the car will officially launch at the Geneva Motor Show next month. And it's supposed to be available in the US by summer 2020. And up next, we are going to speak about a bigger one, a bigger company called Qualcomm. Um, I'm, to be honest, not an expert of any sort in terms of telecommunications and services. But I chose this news because it's a, it's a major one. It's looking um, at the future as well of how it's going to look like in 2020 in terms of data um, and services and telecommunications. So without further ado, at the Mobile World Congress, Qualcomm released a new Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chip that aims to ease that congestion using new technologies in Wi-Fi 6. So Qualcomm is an American multinational semiconductor and telecommunications equipment company. And they design and market wireless telecommunication products and services. And what they did was thinking about Wi-Fi networks that are very congested right now, and it will even get worse in the era of 5G, they they created this Wi-Fi 6. The, the main reason is because the band used for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth networks is, which is a 2.4 gigahertz it's insanely congested and with the Wi-Fi 6 implementation this one uses a new form of encoding and it allows for more clients to operate simultaneously with less on air time. So basically uh, we gain 20 meters in an open area or what looks like going through three walls. (laughs) And the better encoding and range translates into better speed. So the Wi-Fi 6 is the next generation of Wi-Fi with better range, speed, and congestion management. While it, it won't technically be finalized until January 2020, device manufacturers are very confident in the way that it will work, so much so that they have already started spinning up early Wi-Fi compatible products. And last but not the least, let's take a look at an article that was published by Forbes yesterday and it's incredible. It's an article that has to do with Amazon and Google and how they are creating this home automation empire that is expanding so much, so much. And it's all fueled with data from our houses. And it's how it trains the artificial intelligence. So it's a virtual cycle for them, vicious cycle for us, I guess. And basically... What the article says is don't be fooled by the cute glowing speakers and pleasing conversations because Amazon Echo and Google Home devices are Trojan horses designed to end here and overthrow. And their empire is expanding so much that it's even uh, expanding to electricity business. That's right. And of course for Amazon and Google or in this case Alphabet, Alphabet is the company that is was created by Google and it's taking over everything that's currently run by Google. For Amazon and Alphabet, this is the best because they want to lock users in. So the more they own in the space of automated home, the better for them and the more data they have. So Alphabet's entry into the home began in 2014 when the company bought Nest Labs for $3.2 billion dollars. At the time, acquiring a maker of digital thermostats seemed quite far-fetched outside of its scope. But of course, the um, alphabet was following a large, larger game. Uh, because thermostats, the NEST thermostats, gathers a tremendous amount of data. So in 2017, Alphabet also encouraged 750,000 NEST owners to opt into an automated program to reduce energy usage ahead of a solar eclipse. This was so big that the the system-wide saved 700 megawatts during the eclipse, and this means so much that it's... It, it's the same amount produced by seven natural gas-powered plants. At the same time, Amazon invested $61 million to buy Echo B, which is the next competitor. And this was in March 2018. And seven months later, it did a partnership with Arcadia Power, a um, home efficiency bundler. And so through the, the years, Amazon has been aggressively building out its Echo platform for connected devices. And of course, Alexa occupies all the top 20 bestseller spots at Amazon.com. The truth is that according to Comscore, that ha- there has been an increase of 50% of US smart speaker penetration. This compared to the previous quarter, which means 18.7 million homes have a smart speaker. And this is going to expand through many other devices, the core technologies showing up refrigerators, stoves, TVs, home entertainment systems, washers, dryers, and so on. And so this is all information that is being collected by them, analyzed, and used to train the AI algorithms. It's pretty scary, to, to be honest. And this is all data that will eventually become a huge new source of revenue for them as new business models develop. It means as well locking users into what's becoming an ecosystem for everything. So thank you, John Markman, president of Markman Capital Insights, for this article so eye-opening. And thank you for being there and listening to this podcast Please leave us a comment. We'll be glad to uh, listen and to answer to you. And see you next time. Bye-bye.